Chapter Thirteen of Hopalong Cassidy's Rustlers Roundup, or Bar Twenty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Hopalong Cassidy's Rustler Roundup, or Bar Twenty, by Clarence Edward Mulford. Chapter Thirteen: Traven's Discomfiture when mr trevens looked over the corral fence he was much chagrined to see a man and a colt both paying strict attention to his nose mornin duke said the man with the gun lose anything mr trevens looked back at his friends and saw mr connors sitting on a rock holding two guns mr trevens right and left wings were the targets and they pitted their frowns against mr connors smile not that i knows of replied mr trevens shifting his feet uneasily find anything came from mr cassidy as he sidled out of the gate nope replied the captain of the terrors eyeing the colt are you in the habit of paying early morning calls to this here corral persisted mr cassidy playing with the gun yes that's my business i'm the captain of the vigilantes that's too bad sympathized mr cassidy moving forward a step mr trevens looked put out and backed off what you mean stickin me up this away he asked indignantly you needn't go and get mad responded mr cassidy just business your cayuse and another sure climb this corral fence last night and ate up our brocks and i just naturally want to know about it Mr. Trevens looked his surprise and incredulity and craned his neck to see for himself. When he saw his horse peacefully scratching itself, he swore and looked angrily up the street. Mr. Connors behind the shack was hidden to the view of those on the street, and when two men ran up at a signal from Mr. Trevens, intending to insert themselves in the misunderstanding, they were promptly lined up with the first two by the man on the rock. "'Sit down!' invited mr connors pushing a chunk of air out of the way with his guns the last two felt a desire to talk and to argue the case on its merits but refrained as the black holes in mr connors guns hinted at eruption every time you opens your mouths you gets closer to the great divide enlightened that person and they were childlike in their belief mr trevance acted as though he would like to scratch his thigh where his colts chafed him but postponed the event and listened to mr cassidy who was asking questions where's our cayuses general mr trevens replied that he didn't know he was worried for he feared that his captor didn't have a secure hold on the hammer of the ubiquitous colts where's my cayuse persisted mr cassidy i don't know but i wants to ask you how you got mine replied mr trevens you tell me how mine got out and i'll tell you how yourn got in countered mr cassidy mr connors added another to his collection before the captain replied out in this country people get in trouble when they're found with other folks's cayuses mr trevens suggested mr cassidy looked interested and replied you sure ought to borrow some experience and there's lots floatin round more than one man has smoked in a powder mill 
and the number of them planted who looked in the muzzle of an empty gun is scandalous. If my remarks don't percolate right smart, I'll explain. Mr. Trevens looked down the street again, saw number five added to the lineup, and coughed up chunks of broken profanity, grieving his host by his lack of courtesy. Time, announced Mr. Cassidy, interrupting the round. I wants them cayuses, and I wants them right now. You and me will amble off and get em. I won't bore you with telling you what'll happen if you get skittish. Slope along and don't be scared. I'm with you, assured Mr. Cassidy, as he looked over at Mr. Connors, whose ascetic soul pined for the flapjacks of which his olfactories caught intermittent whiffs. Well, Red, I reckons you has got plenty of room out here for all you may corral. Anyhow, there ain't a whole lot more. My friend Slim and I are sure going to have a devil of a time if we can't find them cussed broncs. Whew! Them flapjacks smell like a plain trail to payday. Just think of them nice maple juice. We used to get up to Cheyenne on them frosty mornings. Get out of here and leave me alone. What do you always want to go and make a feller unhappy for? Can't you keep still about grub when you knows I ain't had my morning's feed yet? Asked Mr. Connors, much aggrieved. Well, I'll be back directly, and I'll have them cayuses, or scalp. You tend to business and watch the herd. That shorthorn yearling at the end of the line, pointing to a young man who looked capable of taking risks, he looks like he might take a chance and gamble with you remarked Mr. Cassidy, placing Mr. Trevens in front of him and pushing back his own sombrero. Don't put too much maple juice on them flapjacks, Red, he warned as he poked his captive in the back of the neck as a hint to get along. Fortunately, Mr. Connor's closing remarks are lost to history. Observing that Mr. Trevens headed south on the quest, Mr. Cassidy reasoned that the missing broncos ought to be somewhere in the north and he postponed the southern trip until such time when they would have more leisure at their disposal mr trevenge showed a strong inclination to shy at this arrangement but quieted down under persuasion and they started off toward where mr cassidy firmly believed the north pole and the cayuses to be you has got quite a metropolis here pleasantly remarked Mr. Cassidy, as under his direction they made for a distant corral. I can see four different types of architecture, two of them on one residence, he continued as they passed a wood and adobe hut. No doubt the railroad will put a branch down here some day, and then you can hire their old cars for your public buildings. Then when you get a post office, you will sure make Chicago hustle some, to keep her end up. Let's assay that hollow for horsehide. It looks promising. The hollow was investigated, but showed nothing other than cactus and baked alkali. The corral came next, and there too was emptiness. For an hour the search was unavailing. But at the end of that time, Mr. Cassidy began to notice signs of nervousness on the part of his guest, which grew less as they proceeded. Then Mr. Cassidy retraced their steps to the place where the nervousness first developed, and tried another way, 
and once more returned to the starting point you seems to hanker for this fool exercise quoth mr trayens with much sarcasm if you reckons i'm fond of this locoed ramblin you sure needs enlightenment sometimes i do get these fits confessed mr cassidy and when i do i'm dead sore on objections let's peek in that there hut he suggested huh your ideas of cayuses are mighty peculiar why don't you look for em up on those cactuses or behind that mesquite i wouldn't be a heap surprised if they was roostin on the roof they're mighty knowin animals cayuses i once saw one that could figure like a schoolmarm remarked mr trevens beginning sarcastically and toning it down as he proceeded out of respect for his companion's gun well they might be in the shack replied mr cassidy cayuses know so much that it takes a month to unlearn them i wouldn't like to bet they ain't in that hut though mr trevens snickered in a manner decidedly uncomplimentary and began to whistle softly at first the gentleman from the bar twenty noticed that his companion was a musician that when he came to a strong part he increased the tones until they bid to be heard at several hundred yards when mr trevens had reached the most passionate part in juanita and was expanding his lungs to do it justice he was rudely stopped by the insistent pressure of his guard's colt on the most ticklish part of his ear i sure wish you wouldn't strain yourself that away said mr cassidy thinking that mr trevens might be endeavouring to call assistance i went and promised my mother on her deathbed that i wouldn't let anybody whistle out loud like that and the opry is hereby stopped besides somebody might hear them mournful tones and think that something is the matter which it ain't mr trevens substituted heartfelt cursing all of which was heavily accented as they approached the hut mr cassidy again tickled his prisoner and insisted that he be very quiet as his cayuse was very sensitive to noise and it might be there mr cassidy still thought mr trevens might have friends in the hut and wouldn't for the world disturb them as he would present a splendid target as he approached the building end of chapter 13 recording by john brandon